You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, where you will meet entrepreneurs, cultivators, scientists, doctors, and inventors in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, marketer and publicist in the cannabis industry. Today, our guest is Christian Chavez. He's the CEO and co-founder of Status Cannabis Company. It's the first dispensary to open in the Bronx just a few months ago. Christian tells us how he went from running a successful construction company and real estate business to being a dispensary owner with plans to open more around the city. Status represents urban luxury and plans to elevate the culture in the Bronx. Let's find out how things are going with Christian and his team so far. Fantastic. (laughs) Jumping in here. Well, nice to meet you. Uh, Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear about um, all all about um, status and um, and what you're doing there. So, and if if you could just give us an overview um, of your dispensary um, and, you know, how you started it uh, with your wife, Emily, and your friend, Angel, you know, how that came about, just like a quick summary and maybe like a, a, um, elevator pitch of of what uh status is and how you came up with the name <laughs> <laughs> sure sure yeah. so um yeah so status cannabis is the first dispensary in the bronx we're very fortunate to uh get it in and open right before the injunction on july 6 um you know we are considered or consider ourselves an urban luxury kind of vibe store um you know from the moment you walk in you know, we, we take pride in our logos or displays and to our bud tenders appearance um, and and personalities. So we're very big on big greeters, um, you know, happy go lucky individuals and um, just making sure we have the, you know, the right vibe and the right educational pieces in the store for the consumer. Um, you know, nicely dressed in white shirts, aprons, they get cleaned um, multiple times a week. You know, I mean, it just it's a, it's a nice Nice image when you walk in. Um, in terms of um, how we got started, um, you know, it's been quite a journey. I mean, nice long path. I personally have been involved in commercial real estate with my partners for about 15, 16 years right now. And um, right after, um, uh, so we were involved for about 15, 16 years. And um want to say about four or five years ago, we embarked on a journey my wife one day and sitting in our living room after our kids, you know, put them, we put them down to sleep. So, Hey, listen, like, you know, I see that you're working different ventures, you know, we're still wor- working on our main focus, which is real estate, commercial real estate development. Um, you know, you guys are the team that we have surrounded are, are pretty good at building businesses, but you have a lot of cannabis in your network. You have a lot of, um, you know, cannabis kind of sewer. Some of my best friends or one of my best friends involved, um, as a cannabis connoisseur. So picked up the phone around midnight and said, listen, uh, I think this is a good idea. I think we should jump in. We started on the real estate side. Um, we were involved in different municipal meetings, getting some real estate prepped for other developers or other licensees um, embarking on the journey in New Jersey. And then one day we decided, you know what, let's go all in. We're going to go on cultivation for a cultivation license in New Jersey. We were one of the first rounds of getting a cultivation license in New Jersey. We had a um, we brought on a family friend that was part of the first medicinal side of thing licensee in New Jersey. 
um, which actually sold to Ascend Wellness. He was just an employee, uh, high six-figure employee, uh, very well-versed in the space, 20 years experience. So um, we brought him on. We, we started working cultivation, raising capital. Um, and during that journey, uh, while we're getting everything prepped, we discovered the New York application. So from there, we went on to apply for New York, thinking, you know, we're not going to get this. It's going to be very competitive. I literally went through every line, you know, an hour a day, you know, we, we, we worked really hard on the application, making sure it was perfect. But again, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not up to us, you know, it could be perfect, but there was a thousand applicants. So uh, the first 36 licenses came out, I believe, um, in November, 2023. And uh, I almost fell off my chair when I, you know, was sitting in a meeting and found out that we were one of the first 36. Wow, that's amazing. Honestly, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that I would have been in the running. Yeah, I, yeah, we didn't think it was coming at all. Um, we were prepared, um, but we did not think it was coming. So just the thing that they didn't tell us before we applied is that you can't have a cultivation license in any other state. So that was a big challenge. We had to make a decision amongst our partners and amongst our families. And we decided to let go of the cultivation. We can always come come back to it when you know the law allows us to so we let go of our cultivation gave it back to new jersey withdrew it and embarked on the journey in new york now the good thing is that you know we're working diligently on the real estate side of things looking for the right real estate and the bronx um for some reason at that time and when i say at that time that's you know six to ten months ago um there was not a lot of landlord um, a, not a lot of cannabis friendly landlords. So we were, it was really, I mean, a challenge, um, especially with our team. I mean, we have, um, or ironically for our team, because we have the real estate background, it's still very challenging. We just couldn't convince landlords to let us in. A lot of this uh, issues with their lenders, of course, as you know, you know, these are, um, you know, they have mortgages on it. So it's, it's very difficult to kind of, uh, get some of these uh, landlords on board. So we're fortunate enough to find the, uh, a landlord that was cannabis friendly with some short-term leases. We worked out some the rest of the terms and here we are. I mean, um, everybody's been very cooperative and has helped us kind of get open in regards to like DASNY, the OCM. Um, so now we, uh, we built status. We launched delivery about a month ago. Uh, we're working different cannabis grow showcases, which are these little pop-up shops that the OCM allow, allow us to do. Um, so we're just planning, you know, two in Brooklyn, one in Queens, one in White Plains that opens up next week. So we have a nice big expansion plan, but nothing but a journey. I mean, we're still facing a lot of challenges, as you see in the injunction happening. So Right. So um, I'm sorry, you said that you have delivery in these different areas. Is that what you were just saying? Or you're Yeah, our, our delivery is live as a uh, about a week ago, oh, I'm sorry, a month ago we launched. Oh, okay. So you didn't launch delivery first. I know a couple of the other locations, the dispensaries were doing while they were in build out, but you guys were already built out and ready to go. And just yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the delivery only um, licensees are kind of still delivery only. Um, a lot of the dispensaries kind of took a similar path that if they can open up their doors, they'll get delivery, um, you know, launched at the same time or, a few months after. So we said, you know, let's focus on the brick and mortar. Um, that's where, you know, um, you know, that's what's lucrative now, nowadays because with your marketing restrictions to connect with the public, for them to know that you are delivering, 
you need a brick and mortar first because it's just, you know, our hands are tied behind our back. We can't do much marketing other than social media, creative marketing, events, everything that we're doing right now, but it's like we, we're limited. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so it's, so down the road, they're not just separating delivery as a, a different license, um, you know, versus a retail license. Cause in some States, like you're required, right. To work with a delivery company. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, in, like in New Jersey, I believe that's how it is. In New York, no, it's, um, if you have a, so the way that we were presenting the license uh, under the MRTA and under, you know, the regulations, um, we can do delivery and we can actually do consumption. Um, however, they're not allowing us to kind of get the thumbs up yet for it. Uh, it's part of our license, so we'll see what the regulations bring in the next few months, but part of our license allows us to do consumption when the time comes. Um, okay. we'll have the ability to do that. So yeah, we are brick and mortar, we're a store and deliver at the moment. Okay. And so does consumption, have they put out the guidelines on consumption? Does that mean like you could set up an area or can you serve food with that? Can you serve non-alcoholic beverages with that? Um, Is there any guidelines? There's some, some limited, uh, you know, some, some, uh, limited regulations on it or guidelines, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but, um, it's not fully out They're changing every day. Cause you know, we also have like a clean air act. So there's also other challenges with New York itself. So it's we're still far from seeing a consumption launch. I would say six months to maybe years. Oh, so okay. you don't see anything, you know, overnight. But again, it, it goes into our expansion plan because whatever other locations we're part of, we want to make sure that we have, you know, additional area accessible to us for for consumption. Right. I think it's going to be important. Um, but um, but uh, so were you born and raised in the Bronx or did you did you No, I myself, we were, you know, I, you know, I'm right over the bridge. Um, so I grew up in Hudson County, New Jersey, uh, my wife back and forth from New York and New Jersey. I mean, uh, again, as, as teenagers and, and children. So, I mean, New York and New Jersey is all I know. I am uh, I'm literally a two minute ride away from the bridge um and you know we grew up in new york i mean the bronx and you know upper west side all that area we always mm -hmm. been yeah i was just curious if why you chose the bronx if it's because you grew up there why you choose chose the bronx as so your the reason yeah the reason we chose the bronx is that um one one of our partners angel teresa which is our social justice partner um mm -hmm. i mean we have multiple people on our team that have been kind of you know uh, victims of the war on drugs but you know when we embarked on this journey you know we first person we thought about was angel was a family friend and um you know he is from the bronx so we said hey maybe our chances are higher to you know to stick to there we know the bronx really well we're always there we've always been there mm -hmm. in our childhood so we have family there so maybe we'll stick to that mm -hmm. uh, but again you know I, I i have a passion for midtown as well the bronx but this is what we zoned in on yeah. And then, so what do you, do you get three uh, retail licenses in your, in your license? I mean, yes. Oh. I mean, yes and no, I guess. Because so, I mean, are you, that comes with a license, right? You can get up to three uh, stores. Is that yeah, right? I mean, as it was given to us, it is. Now with this injunction, I don't know where it's going to go. Um, it's very unclear. So if I went to the OCM right now, because we have an expansion plan, we have other locations that we're looking at, but I can't submit for the second and third store yet. They don't allow that. Like they uh, haven't gave us the green light for that. 
we're definitely ready. Uh, we have an incredible management team um, that we can handle the expansion. But again, we're our hands are tied behind our back because of the injunction, because we're just a card licensee. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see what the future brings, but we are definitely prepared to kind of run parallel paths with the card and regular licenses to see where it takes us. Right. So you mean if, if in fact you have to reapply again to get those other two and go in that lane, I see. Right, which in, in fact, we are running a parallel path regardless, mm -hmm. just in case the card program restricts us from doing anything else. Uh, we do have an expansion plan because we do have, you know, properties in Midtown and Brooklyn. Um, we do want to see, uh, bring status to the other boroughs. It's not just the Bronx, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's going to be our stomping grounds. What's your demographic then? Who's your core demographic? I mean, it's got to be people right in your... When we were looking for a location, um, ideally you want to be next to kind of a train station. Mm -hmm. um, because that's what connects all of New York. Uh, unfortunately, we could not find the right location next to a train station for, for our opening at that time. So the next best thing in a community that we already had involvement in, you know, well, not myself, but other partners, was this Tremont area. So um, it's, I would say that our, our demographics is definitely local. So what's cool about this area is that we were connecting with the community every single day. It's not like, you know, just a store in the middle of Manhattan with no ties and, you know, um, just tours yeah. and employees for different firms that are just coming into work. You know, um, we are dealing with a majority of the locals. So it's pretty cool. A lot of them connect with our, um, you know, with our bud tenders, cannabis consultants. Um, so the vibes are awesome. It's, it's kind of like a mom pop community feel with that kind of urban luxury in, in an inner city. So there's levels to it. And I would say our demographic in terms of like kind of gender and age, it's all over the place. I mean, I've never seen such, you know, a wide range, but it's definitely the majority of locals, uh, if not like 95% locals. Right, right, great. Oh, right. And so all the bud tenders bring in their friends and you're, it's just like kind of builds on the whole local community. Yeah, I mean, and once the, some of the locals have visited, I mean, the word of mouth has spread rapidly and then they connect, they find one or two, you know, cannabis consultants that, you know, they just feel connected to. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I've had, we've seen that certain clients have just waited for certain consultants to become free because that's the person they want to talk to because they feel that they, they know what, what strains they've used and what they've tried, what they like, what they're trying to achieve. So. Mm -hmm. And what, um, how about um, the elderly in the community? I'm, I'm, I wonder about that just in generally speaking, because I feel like there it's such a growing community and I'm always curious how the elderly are kind of flocking to, or how you're reaching out to them, or are you even trying to reach out to them? You know, they're intimidated to come in. And uh, ironically, we've had a, um they've welcomed us with open arms. Um, I have seen that the elder population are the ones that want to connect with the, with the consultants as much as possible because they want to understand more about the product. Some of these consumers are just used to flower for 50 years. Um, now they're going in there and say, look, you know, I have neck pain. I have arthritis. Uh, I take these pills. I take this ointment. Well, what can, you know, what do you suggest? Well, you know, we're not doctors, but, you know, listen, we have a great CBD, CBN, uh, THC cream that, you know, um, my mother uses. 
and um, they try and they, they come back for more and they, they just want to try different things um, where they're used to like, you know, again, 20, 30, 50 years ago was just strictly flour. Now, you know, you have concentrates. I mean, you have edibles, I mean, you have topicals. So um, they like to get continuously educated on it. Right. So are you doing in-store? I know you've only been open for a few months now, but are you doing any sort of in-store outreach? I know that I've heard of other stores that will literally reach out to the, you know, the community centers, the senior community centers and, you know, try to educate them. Are, is, are they receptive to that or are you even doing that or just we not? Haven't, we haven't had an active one yet. Uh, my wife that handles community development uh, or involvement, um, she's actually working on a few different events. Uh, ed educational events and some other nonprofit stuff that status are going to be part of. Mm -hmm. um, but it is in our plans, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So we're excited about that. But right now, it's literally just they are coming in. Um, mm -hmm. They know that we are the legal cannabis in town and they want more knowledge. And we're there and we do spend time with each customer. We're doing How a little bit of everything that we can do. Marketing tactics um, to reach. I mean, initially we 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 did have different marketing campaigns. Um, our opening was a great success. Uh, we were pretty much on almost every news local news channel. We were on ten ten wins. Um, so we we really connected with the community with just the opening. So once we got that traction, we built off of it. Social media some other marketing campaigns, um, some collaborations with different, you know, uh, local artists, comedians. Um, we have a huge event uh, happening next week that we'll be on the radio on. I'll actually be um, uh, doing a show from our store. So it's just connecting the local, you know, community with oh. status. So there can be recognition that this is the, the legal uh, cannabis store in the Bronx. Um, you don't need to go far. If you don't want to go illicit, here we are. The black market's never going to go anywhere. Um, we hope that New York State continues on this journey and is uh, more successful than they have been. It seems that they do have an aggressive approach brewing. We'll see where it leads to. Um, and so far, we we have our clientele. I mean, a lot, you know, we have seen the shift um, in, in talks with the consumers. But again, black market's not going to go anywhere. But if we can increase our market share, from illicit to legal, I mean, that's that's the purpose of, you know, that's the reason that we're, we're doing this, you know, to connect with the community and to also have a profitable business. If not, we cannot connect and give back to the communities that we serve. Right. So. Um, are you doing anything in that respect as far as the community outreach? Are you working with specific organizations or any, you know? We are. Um, as I commented before, my wife is handling a lot of these campaigns right now. Uh, we started, we wanted to make sure that you know, we had some profits coming in first because so we can reinvest into the community. So uh, she has had the green light for about a month and she is working on on different campaigns. So it, it, will, it will be exciting. It's <laughs> right. I know. I mean, that's the last thing you want to hear with these kind of margins. But, you know, yeah, 280, 280E is nothing, nothing to sneeze at. So I know, I know we to make sure that, we, you know, we got those taxes in first. We, we had everything worked out. And uh, now we can go and, and be part of the community in, in, in the magnitude that we wanted to, because, you know, we can do little things as we, we have, but um, we do have nice big plans and, you know, hopefully it all works out soon. Okay. As far as brands, are you, how are you choosing 
How, um, how much do you know the brands? Do you know the brands that are? I know, are I know really well. Um, I want to say that our procurement team led by, you know, one individual and the rest of, of the management team. I mean, before we opened, um, we were visiting, every, I mean, I don't want to say every, but we were visiting all the uh, farms that were recommended to us. So we went down the list um, every week. There's multiple farms that we hit because we don't just meet with uh, the brand reps and the farmers at our location or our offices, we we actually try to go and see their operations because you can really tell by visiting them, you know, how their process is, how passionate they are about it. Hey, what are they doing with the mold? You know, what are they doing with, you know, certain, you know, so we take, you know, we take our team that has been part of cultivation in the past to understand, you know, is there going to be longevity with this brand or is it just one good harvest? Uh, what are their intentions for the next harvest? So before we opened, we were quite concerned early in the year. I mean, our, our opening got delayed and delayed and delayed, but early in 2023, we're concerned because it was competitive, but the, the quality was not so good. There was uh, maybe four or five companies that we would vouch for. But as, um, you know, as our opening got delayed and by our opening July 6th, I can tell you that the quality is there. Um, has drastically improved and it can compete with any market. So we're very satisfied and, and so are the consumers. That the, the bad rep, I mean, you used to see articles daily on how bad the quality of flour was in New York. I mean, I don't know if you ever see them anymore. I mean, you see a couple here and there, but I mean, they're always going to be there, but it's it's drastically changed. So yeah. we, we have a great procurement team um, and we, we only really carry what we're really passionate about and know that there's going to be longevity in the brand or the farms. Everything's New York grown, you know, so even if some of these Cali brands are branded or in one of our stores, you know, the, the manufacturers or the farms behind them are here in New York. So they're the ones really growing the flowers. So right. um, I would say that that's one of our strengths um, is the procurement side of things. So can you name some of the top brands that you really like out there? What, which farms do you really like? Well, and on, and expectors in brands as well. Like, I mean, we do really well with flower house, um, with flowers, farms, um, manufacture, you know, uh, high falls is really good. Electra leaf, um, air loop for processing. So just, uh, Hudson, Hudson hemp. So some just some of the ones that come up, you know, top of my head, but uh, Rove and Heavy Hitter. So th those are all like, you know, some of the flower and, you know, some of the manufacturers that are, doing are, well in are your top business. sellers and that we can stand behind and say that they are real good quality. Okay. How about in the gummy world? Uh, some of the manufacturers I name, like Heirloom, Flores Farms, oh. mm -hmm. HPI, which has Rove and Heavy Hitters. Actually, they're, they're part of another one, but some those are some of the brands. And are your most, uh, is your best selling um, uh, cons uh, consumables, is it flour? Is it kind of in the state? Flour is like 55 to 65%, depending on the weekend. Okay. And then are vape second and then gummies third? It kind of in pretty much. Pretty mm -hmm. much. Okay. How it usually goes. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Um, and um, do you think there's, off the top of your head, do you think there's any products in the market that you wish? somebody was selling, you know, like that might be coming from the West Coast or that you, uh, I don't know, that you feel like we're missing in our New York market so far. You know, I know a lot of solventless, solventless products were very popular in the 
you know, the West Coast. And I'm I'm kind of happy to see some good solventless products coming out. I'm just curious. Um, I would say that um, uh, diamond infused, more diamond infused. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, higher THC levels uh, for some consumers. Uh, some consumers are not really as focused on the terpene. So, so that's part of the education on our, you know, at our store. It's not only about the THC numbers uh, that you see in the pack. It's terpenes and all these other, you know, chemistry behind it. So that's the education that we provide. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of consumers just want that high THC that this is what they want to achieve. So I think we'll, we'll get more of that as the indoor grow world opens up now, November 17th, you know, with new applications mm -hmm. that will allow um, for that to penetrate the market. But again, it'll all be done with New York, you know, farms, hopefully um, in the beginning, you know, because they're the ones that, you know, kind of had in infrastructures up, but the, the, the market will mature fast. Um, you know, I, I expect in one to two years, we'll have a pretty mature market. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, we're, we're standing in a good place in terms of quality. We are in a, in a very nice place. Um, so we're very happy to from what you've seen in the farms that you've visited Absolutely. in the extraction. Great. Okay. And then I guess just kind of wrapping it up. So I, so I just wanted to, uh, you were mentioning in your expansion plans, whenever that can happen, you're thinking of Midtown Manhattan. Is that like, what kind have you kind of mean like the Times Square area or, and then you were talking about Brooklyn. What are you kind of focusing on yeah, there? We're, we're in that, in that Midtown region, we're in Brooklyn, Upper West Side, Upper East Side. Okay. Um, just so trying. we're we're kind of like you know uh, positioning ourselves geographically across all of Manhattan, oh. and, you know, from the Bronx to Brooklyn. So uh, again, it's not completely up to us. We're going to do everything we can in our power to yeah put our best foot forward and see where our applications um, land uh, from November to December. I guess. So are you kind of shooting for the uh, the tourist market in the midtown, I guess, Times Square? That's what you must be going for, like tourists, I would think, right? Um, our that... intention is not to only reach really the tourists because they're not the reoccurring customer. I mean, hey, we're, we're happy to, I mean, for us to have some flagship stores and for them to know who we are. Um, but at the same time, you know, we do want that reoccurring client. So we, we do want the locals. We do want the people that work in these areas. Yeah. And Areas or commute daily and see your store, and um, you know we just want status to be recognized, just not as this one store that opened up in the Bronx, but the store that has a great collection of you know and and uh, you know ample product, high quality to choose from. Yeah, I I like also your your um, urban luxury you know elevated yeah. experience kind of. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that's great because I think that's what we need to do, you know, take it away, take it into a different instead of like the smoker, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah. We're trying to get away from, you know, the norm. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of, I mean, cannabis is it's just, it's accepted now. Um, Elevate I mean, the culture. Exactly. You can have any type of individual from any class, from any, I mean, just consuming cannabis in so many different ways. So yeah. why live? ourselves as a company um i mean we're a very diverse uh ownership and management team even our you know our consultants so i mean hey so is new york so yeah right keep it that way. so right. we, we do want to elevate that experience for the consumer yeah so, yeah cool wow thank you so much that was really informative i really i'm so glad to hear about status and um and i 
wonderful. I think that's really great, and I wish you a lot of luck. So. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet Have you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.